Camp, Camp Radio. Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Welcome Radio. to Camp Radio, Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Page, and I'll be your host. In a time of virtual interaction has become the norm for students, uh, they're craving just personal interaction, and that comes with its own challenges. Today we have with us Mark Ellison. Uh, Mark is the youth pastor at uh, Towering Oaks Baptist Church in Greenville, Tennessee. Mark, thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for the invitation, Kevin. Well, Mark, you've been on uh, a podcast with, with before, and uh, I, I've been able to get to know you more so in this past, oh, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we well actually been almost two years, I guess. Right. Yeah, working with the D now. Yeah. So that's been great experience, and it's always good to to uh, really get to know you more yeah. about your family, and so that's, that's always kind of fun. But uh, there's a lot of other people who don't know you, so just kind of tell a little bit about yourself. Again, my name is Mark. I've been in student ministry full time since 2001. Prior to that, I did some part time ministry uh, at a couple of churches. I worked with FCA at different camps back in Arkansas. And so, um, just been a love students and, you know, God called me when I was on a mission trip with the Baptist student Mm -hmm. union, we were on beach reach at Lake Havasu city, Arizona, when he started to nudge my heart (laughs) towards students. Cause I hung out with students more than I did college students that week. And uh, so it's been a fun, uh, fun journey. My wife, Jamie, and I've been married since, uh, 1999 for about 21 years. Now I have four children. Um, I lovingly say I have three princesses and a knucklehead. Uh, I have three daughters, 15, 14, and 12, and my son is eight. Uh, love them all dearly, all unique. Well, now, what do you do when you're not doing family things and church work? What kind of things, hobbies, things you got? I enjoy reading. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy going fishing. Hmm. And uh, sitting down, watching movies, and the occasional dates to the grocery store with my wife. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Luckily, my kids have got a little older, so they're at the point they can actually stay home. You actually, oh, man, uh, that is great. Yesterday, uh, we got uh, done with church, and the kids were like, Mom, you've got to go shop for one of your ladies. My wife does grocery shopping for some senior citizen ladies right. so that they, because they don't need to be out right now. And they said, you and dad go, go, go. We can take care of lunch. And so we actually had a date at something that didn't involve buying flour and sugar. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's funny that you uh, your dates can be grocery shopping and you got to be creative, I guess. Oh, yeah, you got to. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about uh, about your ministry. Now, you, have you been, how, you've been in uh, Greenville for, since you said 2001. 2016. 16, sorry. Yeah. Full-time ministry since 2001. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, your areas, how would you describe Greenville? Is it, it's, it is a rural area? Yes. Sort of? Yes. Uh, Greenville is about 16,000 in population, give or take. Uh, a lot of farmland. It's mm-hmm. one of the largest landmass counties mm-hmm. in the state. And so you can drive from my house. I can drive 30 minutes in any direction and still be in Green County. Right. Yeah. And you're close enough to like Knoxville would be your closest city, which probably is, is it almost two hours? Knoxville is about an hour, give or take traffic. Okay. Johnson City is about, about 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, it's about the same time to get to Morristown is about 40 minutes or right, so. Right. And, and I always like to, to ask about that because 
that kind of uh, you get a better feel the dy- dynamics of families, right? And, and and how they live in that area, and that, and that impacts your church and your student ministry yes. too. Yeah. Yes. So tell us a little bit about uh, you know I, I know during I could always ask this question in the past because everything was normal, and so now it's like uh, I ask uh, the same question. In, in a little different slant mm-hmm. because everything is not normal. So everybody is, it's like a shot in the dark, you know, they're, everybody's kind of guessing. So I'm hoping at the end we'll figure out who was right. right yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so during this last uh, several months, uh, you know, tell me what ministry has been like. In one word, overwhelming. You know, when you've been in ministry uh, any length of time, you get into patterns, you get into rhythms and you have a way that you do things and just how God leads you. And then all of a sudden the catchphrase right now is pivot. Mm-hmm. You had to pivot into something that became your ministry when it was just a supplement. You know, I would get, do Facebook and Instagram and do these different things uh, sporadically to help enhance ministry. And then all of a sudden it became ministry. It became right. your connecting point. And it was a little overwhelming at first because this old dog had to learn some new tricks. Right. So it's hard, but we're kind of, I'm hoping we're at the tail end of this. So looking ahead in the future, we've known, of course, we did not ask about what the ministry was like beforehand, but you told us what it's like now. What do you think, looking at it now, the future of student ministry, what do you think it's going to be like this time next year? This time next year, I think student ministry is going to be much more flexible in nature than what it has been for the last 10, 20 years, Mm -hmm. Uh, because we could meet in person for Sunday school this Sunday, and then by Wednesday, we're back completely digital. You know, we've got to be light on our feet, as my coach used to say in college uh, when I played football. Uh, We've we've got to be light on our feet. We've got to be able to pivot at any given moment. You know, we can go from in-person one time to digital the next. And I think there's going to be a lot of flexibility that student ministry is going to have to be. I think we're going to see a greater multifaceted and connection points. We're going to have our in-person connection, but we've got students and families that still may be very nervous about in-person. So how are we going to connect with them? Phone calls, I have absolutely loved. I know text messages are easy. Mm-hmm. I'd send a ton of them. But call a parent, call, try to call a student uh, and just try to verbally connect with them. It makes all the difference in the world. Uh, find ways to encounter uh, the hybrid model of doing in-person and digital at the same time. Uh, you know, so the multifaceted connection points, I think there's going to be a unified effort with children's workers on family impact because if, uh, and we're seeing this now, that if one of our adult classes meet at home for Sunday school and do it completely over Zoom, we're not going to have the kids in Sunday school. It's going to impact the entire family. So I think we're seeing the impact of family ministry and the teamwork and the cohesion within the staff in the church that you'll see a unified ministry to the family better because everything snowballs. Every One thing is not independent of, the, of another. So if a kid has a runny nose, that whole family's going to stay home. So uh, multiple staff checking in, you know, small group leaders. Hey, we missed you. How are you doing? I think those connection points are going to stay there, but it's going to be all very flexible and a greater focus on family ministry. Right. If we look at this, and, and of course, I know they're still trying to uh, determine what COVID is. That's kind of up in the air. And a year from now, we'll look at that. 
and, and what you're saying, you're almost anticipating that, uh, you know, COVID's not going to go away. I think it's going to be here. I think maybe, you know, what whatever happens with the vaccine, you know, we, we may look at a thing like it's polio and it almost wipes it out. Or we could look at the flu that mm-hmm. you could have the shot, but then there's different strains. We mm-hmm. really don't, we really don't know. So I think we've got to be that kind of flexibility. But I think what it's also done is it's created a nervousness right. about the general health of a population already. Uh, my wife picked up a job part-time, long story on that. Uh, we don't have enough popcorn there, <laughs> but uh, she picked up a job at a grocery local grocery store and through uh, back in April through to even till today, they're still cleaning carts and cleaning the aisles. There's right. still the sanitation. It's not as heavy but I think we're still going to see that kind of sensitivity, mm-hmm. uh, especially those with lung issues and asthma about airborne illnesses. I think it's I think people are more sensitive, and I don't say that negatively. Right. I think that's just some a reality that we've got to face and be be able to calm fears and mm-hmm. bring hope. Yeah, yeah, and that's that, that's going to make our ministry very uh, interesting. <clears throat> I think before this, we have we were all operating in the sense of, uh, of a, a certain normalcy and uh, that we were com- becoming complacent. Mm-hmm. Uh, youth were being complacent. And we were always striving to do the biggest or better, even though that was kind of going out, but there was always that struggle there. But this has erased all that. Right. All is complete. We were our own brown break- breaking area right now. Yes. And so if we knew that the safety in front of us was clear, then that would be different. But like what you're saying, we're going to have to operate of, of having this uh, sense of fear all the time. Uh, we don't know how, how, what things will happen and we'll have to adjust based on that constantly. Yeah. That's difficult. It, it is. And you know, Every job is going to face that. It doesn't matter if you're law enforcement or an essential worker or school teacher. They're essential. Please don't mishear me on that or anything you do. There's going to have to be that flexibility uh, because you're dealing with fear. You're dealing with nervousness. You're dealing with what what our officials are trying to do uh, to to help. And so as uh, as believers, we need to be resilient in our faith and bring hope. And uh, and have ears of love because now people want to be heard. Right, uh, they're isolated. We've seen ri- rises in depression, uh, some rises in suicide. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not just with students, but you got to deal with families. Right, you know now you have families. Uh, there's a dear family friend of of my family's in another part of the state. The mom is on a ventilator right now mm-hmm. because she had asthma and developed COVID. You know, and I know their church is going to reach out to them, but all of a sudden we're we're not just hope bringers, but we're grief counselors mm-hmm. because how are we going to minister to the children whose parent is on a ventilator and there's nothing they can do? They can't go to the hospital. The only thing uh, our friend's brother can do is just sit in the parking lot and just take a picture of the hospital and go, please pray my sister's in here. Right. So, you know, it's it's no longer about pizza and programming. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, youth are struggling through all this. So what's the biggest need that you found uh, within your group, youth group or students in your area that they're dealing with right now? Yeah. Um, I think they need to experience ears of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to be heard. They've been in isolation. They've only, the thing that we fought for years, get off your phone, you mm-hmm. know, I, 
just put your phone away while, while we just have this one serious moment. Now as a tool, it's their lifeline even more so, and but they can't be heard. You know, they need to experience ears of hope, especially from from adults, I believe. Yeah. Uh, they need to hear words of hope. Hmm. Uh, they, they need to hear that, you know, here is our reality, but through Christ, there is hope and we can be hope to others. If there's someone you haven't talked to in two weeks, check in on them because you don't know how they're doing. Try to vocally talk to them so you can hear the tone of voice. You can hear the word inflection and try to get a feel for where they're at. And I think they need to see lives of genuineness. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling. I'm one that, you know, I'm not going to spill everything in all detail, but you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this because you know uh, this lady is right on the forefront of my mind because she's one of my wife's dear dear friends Mm -hmm. you know and I'm struggling with this and so is she and so if students can see you know they're seeing their parents already struggle they may be laid off or furloughed or they're working from home and trying to balance all of that plus doing school online or the hybrid schedule who's in who's out oh I'm now in quarantine because I was on the basketball team who else is going through this? Right. You know, and they see someone outside of the family, outside their circle of friends going, I don't know, but I have hope because Christ is our one constant. He was the same on the cross. He's the same today. And he's the same. That's going to be a year from now. He's, mm-hmm. he's the one constant we can count on. Do you, uh, and of course you kind of alluded to that, that, uh, you know, you become more a grief counselor. You almost have to be a, a counselor in a sense uh, as a student pastor, not necessarily uh, giving them, you give them hope and give them direction, but you almost have to figure out what they're feeling because they don't know what they're feeling. Right. They, they they may interact with you and say, well, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm really lacking in, but they don't really know. We are all kind of in the same place. Mm-hmm. But the difference with uh, students are, is that they're still trying to figure out who they are anyway. Right. And then here they thrown in this, this it's like a new world, and they don't really know what they're needing, but they but they feel depression, they feel separation from their uh, their their friends, uh, they're they're looking to the future in college, and are thinking, well, you know how since I my senior year of school has been disrupted, how's this going to impact my future? Right. They don't know. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out too what they're needing to try to meet that need. Yeah. And reflective listening is a, a, I'm not an expert at it by any means, but just, okay, I'm hearing you say this, is that correct? Mm-hmm. And giving them a chance to flesh out, okay, did I really mean that? What do I th- Okay. I'm hearing you say you're frustrated. Am mm-hmm. I hearing you correctly? Right. And when you use that kind of thing uh, and those skills, um, trying to figure out what you're hearing them say, it gives them a chance to clarify and Mm -hmm. even think about what they're feeling and maybe reword it a little bit. Like you said, you know, they're still trying to figure themselves out and what they feel that maybe they've never really been listened to for some, I think it it may scare them to really be heard because they're just kind of, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You're frustrated. I don't know what to do, but to sit down and go, I hear frustration. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Right. Uh, it may scare some of yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that kind of leads into about uh, what's being successful at, at your, what, what, what have you found that you've been able to really make headway in with your, your youth right now? Meeting back in person, what was a big breath of fresh air? Uh, we had been on Zoom from uh, on Wednesday nights from the end of March through to August, I believe it was, when we started Sunday school. And then that was still kind of tiptoeing in, 
we had been doing some drive-in worship. We had been doing, uh, then transitioned into in-person worship. And then we finally started Sunday school back. And so everybody just kind of tiptoed. But the big question I always got was, what are we doing about Wednesday nights? Cause I had 10, 12, 15 students at the beginning. And then it came down to four consistently right. and two of them are mine, yeah. you know? <laughs> so they enjoyed dad being kind of goofy on zoom. So, you know, yeah. it, it worked. But yeah. when we had that first Wednesday night, it was like a breath of fresh air that brought life. So that interaction, that personal connection, we, you know, we kept our distance, we did our thing. We mm-hmm. still do what we need to do. But being there, being together has been a big win. Getting them involved in a handful of them, about two or three, are involved in our audio media team now. I've been, in January, I was given the media ministry uh, minus our worship lyrics, part of the church videos and graphics and all that fun stuff. Right. Little did I know it would turn into yeah. broadcasting 101. Right. Uh, and so when it comes to live stream, my daughter's picked it up and she recruited a friend of hers and has taught her how to run the switcher and do the wow. cameras. Uh, we've got another student that runs the lighting, can run the lighting software and is learning pro presenter. Hmm. Uh, so we're kind of expanding out and getting some students involved. So that's been really big. And the yeah. other thing is just connecting with parents. I had a Wednesday, uh, no, it wasn't a Wednesday night. It was like a Tuesday or Thursday night. I had a parents only gathering on zoom in the middle of the summer. I had, had a three, four or five parents come on. It, it wasn't big, but it was a great connection point sure. for the parents to know they were cared about. Mm-hmm. You know, student ministers are great about, we care about the parents, but all we ever do is hang out with the teenagers. I mean, I'm guilty. But one thing this pandemic has brought is we need to check in on our parents right. because they're now really at the center of their kids' lives because everything centers around what's happening with mom and dad. And uh, we did some family games on a couple of Sunday nights, which were really fun. Yeah. And um, a few, Mark, you better not post that video <laughs> moments, but yeah. it was fun, which I haven't, I haven't, I've honored those requests, <laughs> but I think connecting with parents has also been a, been a big win. Yeah. Well, you've kind of expressed, uh, you, I could hear some of the challenges that you f- have faced, you know, through all this there during this time. So what are some things that you're really struggling with? I mean, I mean, all our pastors are struggling with different things through this uh, but what were some challenges that you have been having personally? The balance of when to be dad, uh, when to be husband, because even we've always had our phones. We've always been a connection point, no matter what time of day or night. And now it's literally any time, day or night, you know, we're getting a phone call, we're getting a text, right. uh, getting a private message on Facebook or a DM on Instagram or whatever our different outlets are. Mm-hmm. And it's just, where do I draw the line so I can just focus on my kids and be dad and, right. and have those times with my wife and be husband and we be a family. And so fall break, we, we went camping. We got right. out of civilization, out of cell phone range and had a blast. We right. played with fire and survived <laughs> with the campfire. You know, it was great. I think doing evaluation of our, of ministry has completely changed mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, one of the old evaluations for years has been numbers, numbers, right. numbers. Now do numbers really show everything? Right. You know, we have maybe 170 in worship Sunday morning, but we have X amount watching online between our two different stream feeds. How do we gauge engagement? How do we gauge numbers? How do we gauge effectiveness? Um, 
one thing that I found that was kind of challenging, I brought a list of them, uh, but if anybody's on Twitter, uh, and if you know student ministry, you may be familiar with Josh Griffin from, he's now at Mariner's Church, he's with Download Youth Ministry in Doug Fields. Yeah. A couple of days ago, he posted some evalu- new evaluation questions for hmm. student ministry that I thought was great. Like, you know, how quickly did we pivot? How did we communicate? You know, were we letting our pastor know what we're doing? Did we effectively communicate with our parents what we were doing, the different avenues of communication? What did we learn during the transition? What did we learn doing all digital that we might be able to incorporate in person now if we did a hybrid? You know, what did we learn through that? What do we need to add to our programming? What do we just need to get rid of? Hmm. Uh, what What is something we've held on to that was like, we're going to make this work. And it's, it's not now. What do we need to get rid of? And are we able to get rid of those things that just God is showing us it's not working, move on. I've got something else. And then I looking over the list, I was just looking at it myself this morning before I left the office. And I wrote down one last question that I'm starting to really think over looking into 2021, what one change could we make in our ministries that would have the greatest kingdom impact? Hmm. And then let's focus on that. What does it mean that we need to change, get rid of? Does that mean we need to restructure our budget? You know, to meet that, what's that one thing? And who are we going to let give us insight into that one thing? You know, do we need to sit down with our pastor or other staff and go, okay, from a student ministry standpoint, what do you see as that one thing that I could do to make the greatest kingdom impact fulfill the mission of the church, you know, those kind of things, what parents, what small group leaders, even what students, uh, you know, we think often of our juniors and seniors, what about our seventh and eighth graders that we're going to have for the next five or six years? Okay, guys, you just entered this. What is something maybe we could do you on the outside looking in, we could do different to impact your friends' lives better Mm -hmm. as a family parent, mom, dad, what can we do to make the greatest impact? And you know, what voices are we going to allow to, to speak into our lives. Cause it can't be just our voice. Right. Uh, Cause when I listen to my mind, it kicks me out. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I know you are, uh, you, you do a lot of retreats. You do things for your, your uh, youth over the years. Uh, so, you know, the value. So what value do you see in taking a group? It can be your youth group or any, any group within your church away overnight or two nights away. Does that make an impact on your church? I think it will make an impact. Um, I think the greatest impact will come on the youth minister side. I know God wires us all differently. Mm-hmm. I'm a very tight B relaxed person. And it's which God knew I needed a wife as an administrator. And I know there are guys that are, that can organize way better than I can, but I think it's going to cause all of us, no matter our wiring to be more intentional in our planning, mm-hmm. to be better communicators, because we have this nervousness. We have this fear. We have these questions of, okay, how are you going to, do you want to go away to a cabin, let's say in Gatlinburg, or you want to go where in Nashville, you want to take them four hours away. What are you going to do to keep my baby safe? Right. And so instead of just putting something together, go, Hey, this sounds fun. Let's go. And that's Mm -hmm. it. Okay. Let's think through what crowds are we going to be around? You know, how are we going to be safe? How are we going to do things appropriate to alleviate as much as possible? We may never get rid of it. This nervousness, you know, greater, you know, are we going to have greater communication with pastor to make sure he's on board and we're listening to his guidance? Are we going to be uh, communicating better with parents? Mm-hmm. And instead of seeing them as, why are you asking so many questions? It's okay. 
how can I help you be less than what can I and what questions can I answer for you or before you even plan a trip say okay I'm thinking about this what would be questions you would ask find yeah. those one or two or three parents that you know would be honest with you and answer those questions mm-hmm. before they're even asked think through everything and don't be afraid to reschedule yeah. if you're two weeks out yeah. and something happens and your pastor comes and says hey we need to rethink this trip or mm-hmm. you have four or five parents that say are we really sure we need to do this we can't be afraid to say, you know what? You're right. Let's reschedule. Let's work through our canceling policy so that we can drop back and punt and let's see what we can do better next time. I think we've got to be humble enough to, instead of push through, mm-hmm. I think like we're all kind of, I've put so much effort into this. I want to see this go. I think we've got to be humble enough to to hear that nervousness and go, you know what? You may be right. Yeah. I know not everybody's going to be happy with the decision, but if we can't take care of someone's health, they're not going to re- listen to us teach the Bible. And that's made block off some avenues. You know, like Jesus said, give a cup of cold water, then tell them about me. Uh, so I think that's going to be a couple of the things. Do you think that uh, with this type of nervousness that, that we're anticipating that we might have, it could be from now on, do you think going away overnight, do you think that will go away? I think it may be lessened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be quite honest. I don't think it'll go completely away uh, because there are times that we need to get away and focus. And I think done correctly, it will still be as powerful and as impactful as it has before. It's just, we've got to start earlier and think through things a lot better and answer the questions before they're asked and try to get all the questions uh, and, and do our homework. Right. Well, Mark, uh, thank you for coming and just sharing uh, a little bit about, how you begin to bring your students together to fulfill that personal relationship that they're craving in, in your student ministry. I appreciate you and your friendship and all that you do at, Same the, here, sir. at your church. Uh, I'd also like to thank those who are listening to our podcast today. If you are listening to us on iTunes or Google Play, uh, please subscribe or just leave a comment. That helps others to get uh, be have access to this great resource as well. We would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions for Mark or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.